evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever it is, wherever you are. My name is Malachi J. Matthews, and I am joined, as always, by Hollywood Fletch. How's it going, Hollywood Fletch? All right, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was just having a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I was just having a sip then. Hello. Been a, the nighttime man, the vampire man that is Hollywood Fletch. Staying I've been the- awake for 15 minutes. Good stuff, good stuff. And the third man is here today as well. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Magic Mark. Hello. I'm not very magical at the moment, though, am I? Because, you know, I can't leave the house. I'm more more like lockdown Mark. All right, lockdown Mark, then. Lockdown eating chocolate. I've I've just had a Dairy Lee Lee Dunker and it was lovely. Yeah. (laughs) I'm on this show because, you know, you're doing it by Skype, so I might as well. That that didn't happen other than lockdown, so you don't. Silver linings and shit. I'm having a good time being part of the Super Tac crew. Yeah, good, good. I'm glad you are. Glad you are. And Fletcher, how how's uh, your week in the real world been? Has it been all right? My week in the real world. Yeah, going and doing your essential work. It's been good. It's been good. You on the PlayStation? Are you? Uh, I'm not. I am, but I use it to play Netflix. All oh, right. You don't have like PS Plus or anything. I did when I first got it, but I don't anymore. Right, because this month's like free games have come through for it, and everyone is fucking livid because the two games are just Skylines, which is a city builder, and Farming Emulator. Oh my god! <laughs> so you've got all these like all these twitchy online multiplayer arena fighter kids who are all just ranting that they you know they're paying for this subscription and they're getting a farming game. And I'm all for it. I think it's brilliant. I, I quite like stuff like that, though, sometimes. It's, it's not... I do. My mate um, Gavin plays a game where he, he just drives a truck delivering stuff, and he plays it in VR. <laughs> he just, like, drives from one place to another. <laughs> my partner plays that. It's called Truck Simulator. I've, I've been playing My Singing Monsters, so I can't judge anyone for playing anything. Well, I, I, I've just been playing Commodore 64 this week. Yeah, Indiana Jones, stuff like that on the Commodore 64. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, this month's copies of 2000 AD have just arrived, so I'm well happy now. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Love me some 2000 AD. Are they, so they're still printing? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some really, really good stuff in it at the moment. Is it a, f- a friend of mine actually does some of the artwork for 2000 AD. Yeah. Uh, that's dope. Yeah, he did the Kurgan picture that I've got up in my in my living room downstairs. Cool. So, we've done another film. Tuesday. Tuesday, lads. We've dipped back into Tat. And if I may say so, I think we've gone back to the bread and butter of Tat, in my opinion. This is the type of thing that I like. Fletcher, what have we done this week on Super Tat Film Club? Jitters. The jitters. The jitters. From 1988 (laughs) stroke 1989. I'm not sure. Some places say 88. Some say 89. But this is a film directed by... Uh, John Fasano, who is, he is already a member of the Tattyverse. Is he? Like, yeah. He's directed some films that we have watched and are on the list, but we haven't got to yet. For example, Zombie Nightmare, starring Thor and Adam West. He directed and wrote that. Black Roses, about a, a, a tale of the dangers of heavy metal. He wrote that. Rock and Roll Nightmare, starring Thor again. Sorry, and Thor. Who are you talking about? Chris Hemsworth. No. <laughs> no, the real Thor, Mark. The real Thor, Mark. Come on. 
don't you worry, you'll know who he is in a few weeks' time. And he also did the uh, the American version of uh, Cayman Rider, uh, Cayman Rider Dragon Knight. So this man knows his tat. Wow. So weird that he'd go on to do this film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is from the classic year of 1988, though, isn't it? And 1988 has produced some absolute humdingers. It does. It is the the year that just keeps on giving and just gets better and better. I don't think we found a bad film from 1988. Everything, well, actually, Cheerleader Camp was from 1988. <laughs> uh, uh, we all know how much we love that one. Wait, 1988? Yeah. Oh, I thought this film came out in 2010. Oh, 2010, which, this is the one about the jumping vampires. Oh, this isn't the one about the gay Icelandic teenager. No, mate. You've got. Have you watched a different film? He's done the borrowers again. He's watched. He's watched a romantic comedy, Mark. Have you actually watched the wrong film? Let me read the synopsis for you, and you tell me if this is like the right film, okay? A 16 year old Icelandic boy's first kiss with another boy gives him jitters. Feelings he can't deny. This is a well-written film that captures the confusion and excitement of being a teenager with an attractive ensemble cast. The film follows the lives of several teens and challenges they face, in particular with their parents and guardians. Is that it? No, no. Mate. No, Kangaroo Jumping Vampires with James Hong in it. That's the one you should have watched. Oh, well, that sounds much better. Oh, you silly goose. I know that you've watched both. I know that you've watched the right one. Ugh. Are you sure? Are you sure? You have watched the right one, haven't you? Let's say yes and let's, carry on. Let's say yes, okay. I mean, the other jitters sounds all right in a kind of can't-decide-what-to-watch film kind of a way. I used to watch a lot of earnest shit like that when I was, like, a recently out gay. Yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. That's a, that's a, it's, a, it's, a nice, it's a feel-good movie. It's not the kind of feel good. We want jumping vampires. We do want jumping vampires. We want jumping vampires, not not jumping, racing heartbeats and things like that. <laughs> you know, we want a different type of uh, bites in the night. And for these different types of bites in the night, we're going to the place. It's oh mate, it's ticking boxes already. 1988. It takes place in New York City. It opens at night, but before it opens at night. It gets a massive fucking tick from me because I love any film that starts with an animated intro that gives you a little bit of a gist what's going on with the film. And you get that straight away with this. It was really good, actually. The watercolours were lovely and the artwork was great. And the theme was about as 80s as music gets. I was like, I'm going to enjoy this film. Yeah, it's brilliant. But as we say, ticking boxes, it's ticking another box as soon as the film starts, guys. Fucking street punks. There's some kids oh. playing outside a, uh, a second-hand thrift stall, uh, Mr. Lee's gift shop, playing with the cars, just, you know, playing with the cars and stuff. Street punk comes over, stamps on the cars, laughs in the kids' faces. Street punks. And they start, like, hassling, like, going through all the games and stuff on the side. A lady comes out of the shop. Her name's Alice. And she's like, can I help you guys? I'm going to have to call the police. And the, the lead street punk, just flies into a rage and knocks all the knocks all the games over, and then doesn't matter. Old man Uncle Frank comes out and he fights them off. 
fights him off. He might be an old man, but he's full of martial, martial arts goodness. He's got the kicks. He's, he's almost like Billy Blanks, and he, and he scares off the punks into the night, running off into the neon night. Now, so this earned my second love heart of the day, because I forgot to mention that the, the, the watermark, the watercolour stuff did get a love heart as well. But, um, yeah, old guy kicking street punks' asses, that's, that's, that's well worth a love heart, isn't it? It is, yeah. And, and uh, his niece, Alice, is tidying stuff up off the ground. She's like, this, these fucking punks. It's happening all the time. A couple of spooky feet walk towards her. Oh, it's all right. It's just her business douche boyfriend, Michael. And he's just, you know, you don't approach people like that. I mean, you can see she's obviously in a little bit of a distress. Don't just walk up to them like a murderer. But yeah, we, yeah. Meet, we meet smooth business douche Michael, who incidentally plays the singer in the demon heavy metal band Black Roses. I mean, I would go and see Black Roses. Yeah, well, we're, go- we're watching it in- on the list in a couple of weeks. It's amazing. Have I seen oh, it's Black a- Roses? It's a film. I think we might have started watching it, Fletch. Yeah, it's about the, uh, the band that go and do all their gigs in one place and all the- they, turn- they turn the whole... All of the-, all of the kids in town turn to street punks because they've started going to see these devil- this devil band who are actually demons. It's good stuff. Oh, wait, no, I have seen it. Yeah, we did watch it, yeah. He's yeah, a he's, demon man. Yeah, he's the singer in, hum, in human form. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So he's okay. like, what's going on? What's going on here? And Alice says, there's the guys from that gang hassling Uncle Frank again. It's, it, it needs to stop. This is New York City is at its worst in the 80s. I don't know what's going on here. Uncle Frank comes out and says, I'll sort these games out. You pop down the garage and get us some milk. They pop down the garage to get some milk. Fucking street punks return, don't they? Street punks return, but them two are out getting some, getting some milk. And uh, Michael wants Alice to give up the shop with Uncle Frank and settle down. He's got a yuppie dream, guys. He wants to live the business life with a business wife. And he wants that business wife, wife to be Alice. And he's telling her <clears> to turn <throat> back to the shop just as the window explodes and Uncle Frank comes flying out the fucking window. <laughs> so what's the difference this time? What, what's the difference? So why are they able to, like, rough him up and throw him through a window this time, but last time he cleaned yeah. their clocks? Yeah, he just, they just went back for old man Rowenge. Yeah, but why? They go How with, comes... Didn't they have weapons this time rather than no weapons? Yeah, they do have weapons because Michael gets a baseball bat off one of them and brandishes it in the most awkward way I've ever seen anyone hold a baseball bat in my life. Oh, yeah, in he all does I... all right. Yeah, in he all does... honesty, I was really quite sad. I'd got quite attached to the lovable old geezer already. And I was like, fucking hell, they've killed the old geezer. That's well harsh. Yeah, killed him. <laughs> Chucked him out the window, dead. And uh, Michael gets beaten down, gets, gets knocked out with, a, with a, a lovely vase that was probably reasonably priced. Oh, I didn't uh, give a shit about him. Well, yeah, the punks run away and then sad piano music plays as they realise that Uncle Frank is fucked it. He's dead, lads. He's on the floor as the ambulance turn up. But it would appear that they um, got a very quick funeral turnaround because the very next day, it's Frank's funeral. There was a procession going through Chinatown. But it's being watched. Is that an actual cultural thing with Chinese people? I I actually should probably know that, considering I work in the funeral industry. But I don't. 
I might yeah. look that uh, up. Look, look it up. Mate. You, it's probably going to come in handy. Mm. Is what is what an actual thing? Like, uh, in, like obviously, there's a time scale for a Muslim funeral. So I was wondering if that was a, there was a similar thing with the Chinese community as well. I don't think so. I mean, mm. it depends what religion they are, doesn't it? Because mm. you know, it's China. A lot of them are atheists. Yeah. Because of Mao and everything. Frank's mm. possession is going down in Chinatown, but it's being watched, lads, being watched by a group of ne'er-do-wells, hoodlums, street punks, and the leader of this gang, one Leech. Yes, his name is Leech, and he says, very slappy. And the other, the other street punk called Rat, he says, we had to waste him, Leech. And he says, word on the street is that old man Lee had a stash of cash. Some might almost say it's nearly a hundred grand. And Joey, he's the he's the punk that instigated the whole thing. He's like, well, he got beaten up by an old man. We got, you know, we went back and he didn't have anything. And he's like, I want you to go back tonight and get all the fucking money from old man Lee's place at the funeral. Alice promises to reopen the shop, and Michael is like, hang on a minute. What about the yuppie dream? What about the business life? We're gonna fly high. And he's like, look. I, I've got to do this. My uncle was a traditional man. He's got this shop. I've got to help him out with it. Michael's not happy about it because he's got, he's got yuppie plans and he simply does not understand what's going on. And she says, look, I'm going to reopen the shop tonight. Dead, it's too soon, if anybody, it's anything. And he's like, she says, will you help me? And he says, I've got some stuff to do downtown. Business to do downtown. I'll be there, <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there around nine o'clock. I, I feel like business is the next science. Business. It's not explained in any way what he's doing. It's just business. That's the eighties, though, isn't it? It's all it the is. it's all the business guys. They're just doing some business and they're doing it hard and they're businessing the shit out of each other. Some oh, serious fucking business. <laughs> they're all downtown, and everyone knows that business stops at nine o'clock. Yeah, Mike <laughs> and Alice leave the funeral home. This is when we meet Tony and Tony, Tony Jr. and Tony Sr. The, uh, they sneak in, the Chinese magicians, and they do some shady magic on Uncle, Uncle Frank. You can't understand any of the words apart from chicken blood and dragon's eyelash. And they're doing some like voodoo ingredients on the table. Alice has reopened the shop. And as soon as she opens it, the fucking punks turn up and smash, smash a lady's vase to bits. She's buying a vase, turn up, smash it to bits. They start terrorising Alice. And she's like, how dare you come back? What do you want from me? And she, they say, money. We want your money. And she says, you got it all last night. And he says, we want the old man's stash or anything in this shop. It's going on 50% off. And he breaks something in half, which is quite clever for a street punk. Why hasn't she reported these people to the police? She knows who they are. She knows them by name. She knows that they murdered her father. And not only is she not really in grief whatsoever, she's a bit sad, but, you know, she's opened a shop the next day. She hasn't reported these motherfuckers to the police. I mean, were? I know. Well, it's it's irresponsible, but... It makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very efficient script. It's a very efficient script, yeah. Efficient is one off. way of describing it, yeah. It's very economical. It's just cutting all the fat off. Yeah, it just... It's, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway, because... I don't ding, care. I'm still enjoying it. <laughs> ding dong, there's a ring at the bell. The door goes. 
front door opens. There stands Uncle Frank with his arms out in front of him. He's hopped all the way up there somehow, and he just screams and he lunges. He he takes on the uh, takes on the street punks in the shop, and he throws the lead street punk out slow motion out of the window. The very same thing that he did to him, Karma Ruenge. Then Frank turns to his uh, niece and proceeds to attack her. The punks flee. And now Alice is now in the shop on her own with Vampire Frank. And it's all kicking off and he's screaming. He's about to eat Alice when uh, Tony Jr., little Tony, pops a protection spell, a a control spell on a note on the head of Vampire Frank. And he stops. He stops dead. He's like, fucking hell. Who the hell are you? That's, That's a bit handy. Then Michael arrives and he's like, what the hell is going on? I hear I've been away of business and this place is a mess. He doesn't understand what's going on. He's like, why is Uncle Frank here? Who's this guy in the robe? And he's like, it's a long story. The vampire design is brilliant. And I realise that it's based on a Chinese legend that isn't quite a vampire, but we'll come back to that. But the design's really cool. The weird jump, the, the costume feels very kind of authentic, almost Orientalist, but still cool. The ears, the fact that it's rabid and not a sexy vampire or an intelligent, thinky vampire. I just, yeah, the the, the design got a love art. I thought it deserved it. I like his ears. He's got script and he just screams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they board up the shop and they drive uh, Vampire Frank's body off to do to deal with it. As they're driving away, a motorbike pulls up to the shop. They arrive at the magic warehouse, the magic shop, and Michael's like, look, this is the second shop this the uncle, poor Uncle Frank's body has been dragged into tonight. Is this some kind of ancient Chinese tradition where you take dead people shopping? And he's like, no. Alice was like, you don't understand. Frank came back to life and he attacked me. And he says, honey, you're being hysterical. It's like a typical business douche. And Tony, little Tony's like, soon it will become all clear. And he introduces Gina Harris, and she's uh, his assistant. And she's sorry to hear about your uncle. And they're like, who the fuck is Gina Harris? Who are you, Gina? Alice says, look, I'm really confused. And she says, I'm Tony, to- I'm Tony and Tony's assistant. <laughs> they're like, Tony and Tony? What, what are you doing here then? And she says, Chinese magic. And uh, there you go. That's the explanation so far. That's so- a bit of a dump of characters that they just bring in in one scene. Like, here's a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, speaking of which, the the biker that we mentioned earlier on knocks at Leech's headquarters doors and and uh, opens the door. And Leech says, "Close the damn door! The heating bill's going to skyrocket." The biker takes the helmet off to reveal she's a hot blonde, and she's here to see the Leech man himself. And he's watching old movies now. Did you notice what this character's name is? The no. girl on the bike. She's called Biker. <laughs> Good. Good name. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Efficient. Efficient. Yeah, she's called Biker. Good name. She reports back that the three punks that have been hassling old man Lee are all in hospital of a a result of the vampire Frank attack. Back at the magic shop, Tony Jr. is now explaining that they knew Frank was going to turn into a vampire and they were trying to do it. They were trying to sort it out, but... Frank basically did a runner before they could finish the preparations and he turned into a vampire. Uh, they knew he'd go home because that's what they do. Apparently, that's just what they do. It's a bit like pigeons in that respect. They're just going to go back. <laughs> so, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
I thought my uncle was dead. And then a voice from the other side of the room says, he's undead. Enter James Hong, Hollywood's go-to Asian man of the 1980s. If you need a Chinaman, you get James yeah. Hong. He's literally anything you could think of. Big, love, big trouble in Little China. Of course he's in it. Blade he's- Runner. Blade Runner, he's in it. He's even in bloody Wayne's World. He plays Cassandra's dad. Yeah, he's in... Oh, um... shit, he did, didn't he? <laughs> Fuck me. He's in He's in an episode of Dexter's Lab. Yes, he is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where he plays basically the guy from um, Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> yeah. I watched that recently, in fact, that episode. But yeah, he starts chanting. He starts doing magic chanting, they think. But he's just lighting a fag. He's just lighting a cigarette. Oh, it's Big Tony. It's Big Tony. Tony Senior. He says, you see, Alice, two things can happen when you die. If you're good, you ascend the dragon and you go to heaven. But if you're bad, you descend the dragon and you go to hell. But if you're dead. It's traumatic. You can't go either way, so you're stuck in the middle. Limbo. That's equals, i.e., Chinese vampire. So anyone who gets murdered turns into a hopping vampire zombie. Basically, yeah. They were called... I like the name as well. I don't know whether it's actually a real Chinese legend or just made up on the spot, but Gyeongshi was how they pronounced it, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, that's... it's, It's real. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real thing. There's, um, there's a couple. Cool. There's a film... Yeah, there's some, uh, there's some other films you can check out if you want to see more, uh, more hopping vampires, Mark. Yeah. Uh, Are they as camp as this? Oh hell yeah! Um, yeah. yeah. Personally, my my favourite is a Chinese film called Mister Vampire, which is this uh, this martial arts uh, like horror comedy where you've got this type of uh, Van Helsing sort of uh, sort of character. Who travels around with with you know these vampires like well with the the stickers on their heads? He gets to one town and they accidentally all get let loose and everything goes a bit mad. But uh, but yeah, there's there's loads of stuff you can watch. Yeah, there's yeah. also uh, there's loads of actual Chinese films you can watch that are just really good. Yeah, there's also uh, Robo Vampire, which is also on the tat list, which is a combination of a, a hopping vampire film. And a RoboCop knockoff where they t- <laughs> where they turn a hopping vampire into into RoboCop basically, uh, which is also <laughs> worth it. so it's, it's a common thing in um, Chinese and Japanese tap basically. They love it. I have they discovered love the something vampire. lovely. I, 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 do you know? I, I like. I thought I was like quite a kind of like supernatural, mythical shit aficionado, but clearly I've missed this. Yeah. Well. The two Tonys have explained that they help people with trapped spirits pass on to Buddha. They either make them pass on or pour down. Either way, they're not going... They're a little bit like, I don't know, Derek Akora helping people pass on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Is he dead now? He is dead, so, you know. So, because he's got really good... He's really good at communicating with the dead people, does that work both ways? Now that he's dead... Is he really good at just talking to us living people? It should be dead easy. I think we should try it out over the weekend. Because if he is, I I don't know why he didn't just do it. Didn't just like pop up again. Like, hello, you all took the piss out of me for talking to fucking dead African kids. But here I am. Yep. I'm here. I told you. Yeah. 
He says, has this happened before? Mark, is it? Well, is this happened before? This isn't. And he says, "Yes, mate. At the moment, we're fucking riddled with them. We're swamped." And he pulls back a curtain, and there's a room full of vampires there, just stood there with their uh, control spells on their head. Michael's like, "I don't believe this. It's right in front of your face, Michael." Michael doesn't believe anything in this film. Like even like right up to the end, I don't think he realizes what's happening. He's and, uh, just a fucking knob. It's just a business douche, Mark. The camera pans across the vampires, showing all like their, their vampire things, you know, their teeth, their ears, their horrible nails. And one starts to move, and Tony, big Tony's like, oh, fucking hell. Adjusts, adjusts the note on his head. He says, you're safe now. You are safe. He says, basically, since the spirit of Chinatown is out of kilter, this sort of thing has been happening a lot. Usually, it's a healthy balance between, you know, Good and evil, proper balance. But this street punk gang, it's a disease, I tell you. It's an absolute bloody disease. It's eating, so, away at the, yeah, it's eating away at the lives of our loved ones when their deaths occur, and it's not by natural causes, forced by this new evil. That is why we have these restless souls, these hopping vampire people all over Chinatown. And he's trying to sort it out, basically. So vampires are being caused just by the presence of street punks. Just by the presence of these bad lads, yeah. They're proper, or proper wrong'uns, these street punks. They are gits. They want the old man's stash, that's all they're interested in. But back at the punks' hideout, they've got, um, there is a Chinese member of the punks' but the gang, and he's telling Leech all about the vampires. He's like, look, it's, it's real, I'm telling you. I mean, Nan told me about this. It all happens all the time. Back at the magic shop, Tony and Tony explain the notes about control spells. So if they've got all the, the notes that the vampires have got on their head that stop them moving is a control spell written in chicken blood uh, that stops them dead in their tracks. They also explain a few things about mirrors and, oh, don't touch that. That's the chime of the dead. <laughs> I mean, good. Yeah. Uh, Michael is still really struggling to understand, so he handily recaps the whole plot so far and tells the rules before the film can go any further, just in case we weren't sure about how the vampires work. Which is uh, really fucking bizarre, considering that they've kind of skimped on the script up to this point. And then we, we have Michael kind of... Yeah, it's, it's this this film... I, I I really enjoyed it, but there's some weird choices. Yeah. Well, he, it was completely unnecessary. Yeah. He doesn't believe a word of what Tony said. He's like, well, this all sound bollocks. And he pulls the sticker off the head of, of the little vampire. There's a little vampire in there. And Tony's like, you, you twat. I've got to try and get that back on there now. And he dives into the air and there's vampire shenanigans. And they, they, they eventually Tony puts the sticker back, back on his head and he's like, he, he still doesn't really believe it's real, though, does he? So he just kind of Mr. Magoo's his way through this uh, vampire caper. He does, and basically. The, yeah. Also, the kid is not threatening. The kid is campy. Why did they make that choice? Why didn't they use a scary vampire? Because it's completely undermined the previous scenes where, 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 where a dad was really fucking scary as a vampire. Well... The street punks wait, wait for the two Tonys to leave the magic shop and they break in. They break in. We've got Rat, we've got Speed and we've got Chan. These are the three street punks. And Chan's like, Brad, this isn't right. And he says, hey, 
Look, stealing from your brothers didn't bother you early on when we knocked off Mr. Pong's car, which we've got outside. And he's like, this, this isn't the same. The shells of jars in the darkness, they flick the light switch on and, the, and they're going to steal Uncle, Fra- Uncle Frank's body. is on the table. The other vampires behind curtains don't even know they're there. They're like, there's Uncle Frank. Come on, we're stealing this at the request of the evil leech. And the Chinese gang member, Mr. Chan, he's like, this isn't just stealing bodies. This is really bad juju. This is like a religious thing. I, sh- I don't really want to do this. They're like, shut up, pick up the dead body, put it in a fucking car. He says, you just don't get it, do you? He's not just dead. He's like, a v- he's a vampire. And he's like, they're like, rubbish. No, he's not. Get him in the car. And, they- and this is where you get, let's get out of this place. It's giving me the jitters. I love yes. how vampires are so common that this guy, just simply because he's a Chinese guy, he just sees them. He's like, lads, this is clearly a vampire. Yeah, it's like, don't. Me, me Nan told me about these. They're like, no, no, they didn't. But they bundle Frank into the car and they start driving around New York City. But the control spell falling off his head. It's on the floor. They put him in the boot. This means Frank is going to somehow... The karma is coming back. The street bunk, sorry, the street justice is coming back. They're driving around willy-nilly all over the city and they drive past a couple of hookers and they're like, hey, we've got something stiff for you in the back. They go to the back of the car. Uncle Frank in there. They see Uncle Frank. Obviously, do one. Run off into the city night. The punks laugh at this. They think it's really, really funny. There's a growl from Uncle Frank in the car. So- How lawless is this place? they're just driving around with dead body like hey look 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 i've got a dead body look at that go and have a look at that dead body in the back (laughs) and when frank screams they all just get out and they're like what was where's that where did that noise come from i I do want to say though this car is pretty cool i like the headlights that hide they're very kind of 80s aren't they yeah i think that's like a classic 80s car isn't it I'm not sure. I, to be honest, I, I couldn't really tell. But I thought it wouldn't. It's not really the sort of car that you. Well, it's it was Mr. Pong's delivery car, wasn't it? That's what it is. But it's cool, but and it, it reminded me of the '80s and made me happy. That, that that's all I've got. It did get a love art though, because you know who doesn't want a car where you can hide your lights? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uncle Frank, Vampire Frank, jumps out the boot and he grab he grabs the Chinese gang member Chan. B turns around to Rat and he says, what do we do? And he says, I don't know what to do. I'm terrified beyond the capacity for rational thought. And then um, the other punk tries to get in and help, tries to get in and help Chan. But it's too late. Frank has bitten him and he just drops down dead. And the other two punks drive to drive away. I say try to. Rat drives the car, speeds in the bank. But Uncle Frank grabs his legs and pulls him out, eats him. Uh, Frank's on the loose in New York City. I mean, good. Is it set in New York? It is. Does, it, does anyone mention it's set in New York? It does on IMDb, yeah. When I read, when I was reading up about it, yeah. But it is. All <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh, right. So no one actually says that it's set in New York. No one actually says they... we're in New York. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm, what a lovely day in New York it is today. Would you like a coffee? I'll have a New York coffee, please. Because it's clearly not, it's clearly not filmed in New York. I'd like to, I like um, as well the fact that even though Uncle Frank is an undead jumping vampire, he still adheres to uh, traffic lights and waits to cross the road, which is good. Yeah, 
that gag was funny. I enjoyed yeah. that. The next morning, Michael's going to work to ask for a week off uh, so he can help Alice with the shop. And she gives him a control spell just in case. I mean, I hope he doesn't have to use it, lads, but just in case. And he still he's like, yeah, I'll take these useless spell. Not like he hasn't seen vampires all over the fucking place. It's daylight and Frank has been out hopping all night long. He's hopping around the neighborhood now. Punk wakes up Leech and he's like, it's Chan. Speed, everyone's dead. They're wasted. He says, stone wasted. And he went, no, Leech, they're dead. He's like, fuck. There's two kids playing ninjas down the park. Which I Because <laughs> it's the 1980s. It's 1988. As we know, everyone was either a ninja or training to be a ninja. They wanted to be ninjas. Two little kids playing ninjas down the park. And Frank hops past. And they say, right, hey. I, I want to say something here. I know it's an obvious one, but this is a Chinese film, or at least it's set in Chinatown, about Chinese vampires. Ninjas and ninjutsu are Japanese. And this is the typical, it doesn't matter, they're all oriental attitude of the 80s. And this really, really fucking irritated me. Well, everyone wanted to be a ninja in the 80s, Mark. You've seen, you've seen Miami Connection. Yes, I know, but th- there's a difference between kung fu and karate. One is from China, one is from Japan. And I, I, I got annoyed. I did. I got annoyed by that. The little kid asks him if he's a ninja and he just screams in his face. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. Yeah, chases the kid. He gets his... Maybe he was quite cross with the Orientalism of it all. Yeah, he was like, no, I'm a bloody vampire, you racist. <laughs> <laughs> back, at, back at Leech's hideout, he's fucking furious and he's in a pair of tiny pants. He's standing up shouting in a pair of tiny slips and he doesn't believe a word of this fucking vampire nonsense. He's like, dead guys hopping around the city like kangaroos. It's bollocks, mate. What are you on about? It doesn't matter. You've acted like a weasel. You left two men behind. I'm not having it, rat. Let's take a trip down to that warehouse and we'll sort this out ourselves. <laughs> Taking matters into his own hands now, Leech. And Frank is hopping around. He's been hopping around all day, broad daylight, in the middle of Chinatown, busy markets, shops, etc. And Alice is back in the shop again. Tony and Tony are sparring in the garden. When Gina arrives with bad news that every, you know, with Uncle Frank's body's gone and they run off. Seconds later, Frank hops past their house. If they had just stayed, they'd have found him. I really enjoyed the kind of the scenes where he was just randomly hopping through New York and no one gave a shit. I just <laughs> thought it was wonderful. Yeah. And he did a little, little bit of a Scooby Doo joke as well. And he's like hopping backwards and forwards down the same alley. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was great. It was just great. Tony and Tony go back to the magic shop and all of the vampires are there except one. Frank is fucking gone. And they're like, why would anyone steal a dead body? And uh, he says, don't ask me. I've got fucking loads of them in there. <laughs> trying to make a joke. I've been trying to make a light, but it's not that light. Vampires all over New York City. So look, if he's able to, he'll just go back to the shop. So we'll go back to the shop. It's fine. Leech and his gang turn up at Tony's place and he's like, nobody ain't going nowhere. I want to know who's been wasting my boys. And he says, uh, Tony says, you'll get nothing from me, slime ball. Typical. I love the fact that's an 80s 
put down. Slime ball. That's, Nobody gets that's slime ball. That's very 80s. Yeah. It's like, get him! And they'll start beating up. The punks attempt to fight Tony and Tony. But as we saw earlier, they spar hard. They were sparring in the garden. And the punks have no fucking chance at first. But It's not a very but, good uh, fight scene, though, is it? Having watched a lot of martial arts films with you two boys, I was disappointed by the fight scene. Well, but Leech's girl pulls a gun on Tony. And this is when we find out that her name is Biker. He says, Biker. <laughs> he just calls her Biker. Efficient, efficient script, like Fletcher was saying. It's um, a weird choice because James Hong isn't really known for... Uh for doing any any kind of action or martial arts kind of stuff. And here they've got him doing, like, a proper choreographed fight scene with, like, a bunch of guys. Doing, like, nerve holds and stuff. Yeah. Mm. And he's an old guy then. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think he was always old. I think I think James Hunger's always looked like this. He's Yeah, he's kind of like Alice Cooper, isn't he? Like, there's yeah. never been, like, a young, young James Alice- Hong. Alice Cooper looked 50 at 20 and looked 50 at six, like 70, doesn't he? Exactly. He's always, he's always just looked like the Crypt Keeper. (laughs) (laughs) Alice is sorting out the shop when in hops Uncle Frank. She's like, Uncle Frank, fucking hell. Frank attacks her and Alice holds her breath so Frank can't detect her. And he starts just smashing up the shop. Then Michael arrives and he's like, oh, not this again. He's, that's his attitude about vampires in his in his his future wife's shop. Like, He's such a fucking douchebag. I really really dislike him. Earlier in the earlier in the fucking film, she was clearly in mourning, and he was like, "Well, what did I say now?" And then he's come back with this bullshit. He's just a knob. I don't like him. It's a vampire. It's not a fucking wasp. You know, <laughs> deal, deal with it. So they do do it. Like he tries to phone Tony. There's no answer at Tony's because he don't know Tony. Tony and Tony are in the ship because Leech and the bad lads are around there. So there's like there's no answer at Tony's. I'm gonna have to go around. But back at Tony's place, Leech and the gang have got Gina and the two Tonys tied up. And he's like, "Talk, old man. Tell me what all the dead meat's for. You got some kind of necrophilia?" And he says he says something to him in Chinese. He says, "What does that mean?" And he says. Your mother works Sunset Boulevard at night. And he slaps him. <laughs> he says, and then he goes over to little Tony, who's got tied up to a bookcase. And he's like, look, little Tony, I just slapped your dad for that. He says, are these dead people here for a reason? Are you just really, is it decorating? Is it innovative decorating and home furnishings? And he says, why don't you take a hike, dickweed? Oh, Dickweed again, 1988. What a time to be alive! Dickweed. That is a good 80s word. Yeah, Leech's girl biker knees Tony straight in the ballards and like <clears throat> duffs him in the balls. And Gina moves. She's like she, she she makes a run for it. She's gone. She's out in the streets. She run and while she's running, she runs into Michael, who's running the other way. And they go back. They go back to the warehouse to find that Tony and Tony are in a bad way. Big Tony is dead. James Hong is dead on the chair. Dead Tony now. This is something else I wanted to address about this film. Not a living one of them is remotely traumatised by death. They're like, let's get on with the plot. Yeah, dead Tony. It's because whenever someone dies, they just fucking get back up. Yeah, that's that's true. 
Michael pops a little <laughs> note on Tony's head and they just lie him down on the table. And then when little Tony wakes up, they're like, sorry, mate, your dad's dead. And he's like, fucking hell. Oh, for right. fuck's sake. Let's get on with this then. <laughs> Michael was like, right, I'm going to phone Alice, tell her what's going on, because she's at the shop with the vampire man. She phones up the shop and says, hello. Leech answers the phone. He's fucking there, smashing the shop up with his bad lads. She shouts, Michael, help me. And she hears, he hears her in the background. She's like, listen here, you low life. Listen to me. And he said, Leech says, oh, you know, actually, Michael, your business douche, you listen to me. If you want to see either of them again, you better, 1988, haul your ass with the old man's stash to the alley behind the old warehouse. Do you know where it is? And they're like, yeah, we know where he is. And he says, no cops, unless you want to see them dead. And one of them's already died once, so I'll be killing him twice. Tony wakes up at this point and he's like, he looks at his dead dad and he's like, oh, he didn't really deserve to die, did he? <laughs> That's about his response, as we were saying. And they say, yeah. And now they've got Alex. At, now they've got Alice and Frank in Street Punk Alley. And he's like, that sucks. <laughs> Literally. What, that's, that's, yeah. How do we find them? And he says, tonight. They expect me to exchange Alice and Frank for Frank's secret stash of cash. And Tony's like, right, they want an exchange, do they? I'll give them an exchange that they will never forget. Gina, get me my robe. What we need now is a magic montage. And he says, oh, by the way, guys, did I ever tell you about the chime of the dead? Bong! Back at Leech's lair. Leech is making a sculpture of Biker. <laughs> He's like a model of her out of clay and she sat there in shiny pants. <laughs> I really like the fact that she's called Biker. It's yeah. fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, there's a knock at the door and everyone stands up and they're like, fuck, it's the police. And, and Leach says, no, the police never knocked twice. And the door opens and it's Chan. And he looks fucking peaky. He's really ill. And Rat's like, fucking hell, Chan. I thought you was wasted, but you look really, really nasty. And, and Chan comes in and he fights the gang. He sees himself in a mirror and he recoils in horror. The gang used the mirror to push Vampire Chan into the corner. Vampire Chan starts sparking with electricity. And then his hands go all floppy and his skin comes off. And he, he turns into a super This transformation into the super vampire. He splits his head apart like a fucking fruit and comes out of, steps out of him. It's amazing. Yeah, and I, I think it's been campy and weird and silly for the whole film. And then suddenly there's a really, really gruesome, excellent kind of practical effects melty face that yeah. very much earned its love heart, I think. It was genuinely scary. But I wonder, did, did, did they spend literally all the budget on that, including the actors? I did think you not so. think it was kind of out of place? Well, yeah, it sort of happens, and then they they um, they get another mirror and subdue the monster, and he melts. So he's only <laughs> in it for about two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was completely out of place, but that's that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I a nice, a nice little jump scare. <laughs> a nice little jump scare as well from the hand. So he's not a bit like AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Oh no, he didn't know, did he? He's come back to life straight away to fight um, on Raw last week. Did he? Yeah, WWE. Good old Vince. Money in the bank, 
Mate, I had a whole idea of what they should have done with with that. Money in the bank? No, with AJ. Oh, they were gonna they were gonna keep him off TV and come back as a different character, but they didn't have anyone to go on TV, so they paid him a ton of money to go and make himself uh, to to go and wrestle on Raw. Rubbish, mate. Rubbish. They should have like they should have brought him back, but as like a robot. Yeah, that's what they're saying. That that was the whole plan. They were gonna bring him back as something else. Robot AJ. Robot AJ would have been amazing, but no, it's uh, it's WWE. Because Vince McMahon's got loads of money, Annie. So maybe yeah. like he he uses his his money. It's like he's like the um he's like Steve Austin, like Bionic <laughs> Man Steve Austin. Like he uses his money to rebuild AJ, but then like AJ is just just like this machine, like this wrestling machine, and he yeah. has to and the Undertaker has to fight him. <laughs> That'd be good. Like good. a bit like a big sexy damn robot man in hands of steel. Exactly. Exactly. That would be good. He's so, like, I don't know if AJ ever existed. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. So Leroy, uh, sorry. So um, Leech shouts, "Biker!" This is where the point that I realised her name was Biker. He says, "Biker, get on the phone. Call Leroy and the rest of the street punk thugs in town." I'm going to need backup tonight and tell the boys to bring some mirrors in case this little cutie pie's friends have got some surprises. Now, Michael, little Tony and Gina are waiting in the shady alley for the drop off. Michael's got a case of money. Gina's worried. She says, I wonder how many guys we'll bring. What the fuck is going to happen? Little Tony says, have I ever let you down? And he's there in full costume. But what, guys? What is Tony's? What is little Tony's plan? The gang approach. Leech shouts, do you have the money? Michael says, right here. And he holds up a case. He says, let me see the girl first. Leech clicks his fingers, his evil, greedy fingers. And loads of extra street punks arrive with Alice tied up. And he says, and he says to the rest of the street punks, make sure these guys don't get out of here alive. He said, here's the girl. Now, where's the old man's cash? He says, you'll see it soon enough, mate. And he says, oh. I want to see Frank. Show me Frank's body. So he says, bring me the stiff. The street punks bring out Frank. He's like, I can't tell if that's Frank. You stupid street. He's got a bit of paper on his face. Do us a favour. Take that little bit of paper off his face because I can't see if that's Frank or not. That could be anyone. You've just popped a dressing gown on. He's like, okay. Pops it off. And he says, run, Alice. Run. This was the plan all along. He unleashes Frank's vampire madness onto the... Uh, and he starts fighting the street punks. <laughs> and then Tony runs forward and he rings the chime of the dead. Bong! There's a massive explosion and the rest of the vampires turn up and fight the street punks in slow motion. Alice is now safe, but um, in, the, in the vampire fight, it's come down to Leech and Michael. Leech comes over, he says, that's very touching. And he pulls a, he pulls a gun on Michael. Michael throws something at the gun. It fires up in the air and he ends up shooting a sniper that was there all along. And there they go. They, they fight fisticuffs. Uh, one of the street punks gets set on fire by one of their own trademarks. Did you notice this? A street punk gets thrown into a post-apocalyptic barrel of fire and burn. <laughs> <laughs> His suit catches on fire. That's it. Good. We've been saying this since day one. So Alice ends up fighting Biker. Little Tony is kicking punk ass. Michael knocks out Leech, and the, funk go, the, the fight goes on. The next scene is like 
the day dawning just as Alice punches Biker for the last time and she falls over. And Michael's <laughs> Michael goes, where'd he go? And <laughs> hey, Tony, you OK? And he says, like I said, I don't know how this bell works, but it just does. <laughs> That's basically the end. So as they go, he's got the bell and he's uh, they go back to the magic warehouse, take all the vampires back. There's a vampire Tony there. He opens his eyes, gives a little wink to little Tony, and he says, there's a whole lot of Chinatown magic going on. And magic vampire Tony laughs, and then the film ends. <laughs> <laughs> I love a song at the end of a film that explains the whole film. And uh, that's what you get at the end of this. It tick, ticks all the boxes up until the end. So, guys, the jitters, what did you reckon to that? I just... It's batshit, isn't it? It's yeah. looking great. Uh, I mean... Right, so the wobble board sounds at the end. That was my last love art. But ignoring that, I think everyone is dumb. Everyone yeah. is shown up to be really, really unbelievably stupid in this film. I mean, the whole denouement is, take that bit of paper off his head, lol. Yeah. How did he not spot that that was a trick? I mean... Everybody is, and what a horrible way to propose from a horrible man who has been a horrible douchebag throughout the whole horrible film. And she says yes. yes. And I'm like, that was fucking horrible. And I still loved it. Oh, and the end theme got my got my final love art of the day. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I mean, this for me, this is what it's all about. This is proper. This is super tat at it, at its best. <laughs> it like it is tat. It's undeniably tat. And I, I, I loved it. I had a great time. But there was a lot of problematic 80s shit in it. The fact that she was still in love with him at the end after he had been a cataclysmically knobby McNobhead. <laughs> yeah. And the man can't even hold a baseball bat. I don't care that he can't hold a baseball bat. I care that he's a fucking massive cunt. Fletch, your thoughts? I fell asleep part way through the film, so I didn't really see all of it. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it kind of struck me like... It just it reminded me of other better films from the 80s, like Dead yeah. Heat and Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, it's got that whole... Yeah, it just made me want to watch those films instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean well, we could I mean, do it because it introduced me to the weird vampire things i i think i'm gonna be fond of it forever because i i do genuinely adore the weird ass vampires in this i do think they're great fun and i did there was a lot to like i'm always good for a bit of 80s nostalgia tat and this was full of 80s nostalgia tat and so there was a lot to like about this film, but yeah. there was also quite a lot to not like, like the douchebaggery of certain people. Yeah. But with a street... Po oh, also, Fletch, remember that, that film we got sent? Flash, Flash Out, Flashpoint, whatever it was fucking called? Oh, yeah. You know the, the, uh, the, the douchey man who went out, the slug man in that film? Yeah. Street Punk in this in the Batman t-shirt. He was Joey the Street Punk in this film. Oh, okay. Oh, 
Oh, oh, I know you mean. Oh, God, that. Oh. Yeah, I'm really upset now that you've reminded me that that other film exists. Don't worry about it, though, Fletch, because we're not going to watch that on Super Tap Film Club next time. Next time we're doing a, bit of, a little bit of sport, because I know you like sport, Fletch. I love it. We're back in. How about a, uh, a musical adventure set amongst the realm of BMX? Oh, you mean rad. I do mean rad, yes. Are you up for doing that one with us, Mark? Are you, uh, are you, are you coming back next week or are you going to come back after that? I think I'm going to give a BMX film a miss because I'll, I'll just find it shit and I'll ruin it for you too. Okay, that's fair enough. But I did send you a scene of a BMX dance-off. Are you sure you don't want to watch it? No, I don't want to watch a BMX dance-off. Well, you can <laughs> Mark's going to go and do one of his other fucking 20 million podcasts. I do have many podcasts. <laughs> which which I was right. on. Uh, I'm on again. Like, I was on this this Sunday uh, for the. I've been on it three times now. You have, yeah. Because you always say yes. Yeah, <laughs> I said I'd do one as well next week. Didn't I? We're going to do one about WCW, aren't we? If you want, especially <laughs> if you I, must. I look like a 1980s WCW now uh, wrestler <laughs> because I've shaved my head and and. Uh, Shaved in a Victorian moustache. Weirdo. Yeah. So thank you for joining us this week on Super Tap Film Club, and we will see you next week when me and Fletcher will be back to talk about the musical adventures that is Rad. Rad. Oh, Mark- we said we almost said it in sync. Then that would have been cool, wouldn't it? Never mind. But Mark will be back with us. Don't don't fret. Mark's coming back the week after that when we do some Mario Van Peebles werewolf police drama. What? It's full of clips, Bab. <laughs>